Welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's new Ultra Micro Diameter Injection Arrows. Injection utilizes the new Deep Six standard for more big game penetration than ever before. Learn more about the injection today at www.eastonarchery.com. Now here's your host of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, editor Christian Byrne. All right, welcome back to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. We are the voice of bowhunting, and uh, as always, we're glad that you've taken some time to be with us today. This is the probably the best time of the year to be alive if you're a bow hunter coming into the middle of October here and it'll be just another couple of weeks and it will be on in the majority of the whitetail range. Uh, if you're anything like me, you're getting extremely enthusiastic about uh, hunting and the rut and uh, reaching a little bit deeper into your bag of uh, hunting tricks at this time of the year for the, the grunt tubes and the rattling antlers and uh, the scent lures, and and that's what we're going to be talking about today. If you're an avid whitetail hunter and you're looking for maybe a couple extra little ways to tip the odds in your favor this year, this is the show for you. I've got a gentleman on the line who is uh, an extremely accomplished whitetail hunter, extremely avid, passionate whitetail hunter, uh, and an extremely successful whitetail hunter. It's none other than uh, my friend, my good friend, Terry Rom. He's the marketing director at Tink's. Uh, which is obviously a legend in, in the whitetail hunting world. They've been famous for uh, putting out uh, very, very effective uh, deer hunting scents for many years now. Terry, thanks so much for being with me. It's great to have you on Peterson's Bow Hunting Radio. Hey, Christian. Thank you for uh, for inviting me, and, and uh, hopefully we can teach some of your listeners out there some, some tricks to help them get that big buck this year. Oh, absolutely. You know... Um, I know we were talking when we were setting this up. You've got a a number of deer hunting trips here just around the corner. I think you actually leave in about two days, and sounds like you're going to be going from here to there to there for for probably right through the rut. And, um, you know, I I just want to dive right into the rut. Obviously, you know, you can use attractant sense effectively throughout the entire season from early season through late season but but with the rut just around the corner things will really be heating up i'd say you know it won't be more than another probably 10 days and you're going to see the very early stages of some chasing probably starting with those younger bucks and then as we get into halloween week you know you're going to see some of those more mature bucks on their feet but uh you know, the whole idea of scent, you know, I think for myself even, um, it can be confusing to a lot of guys because you know what it's like, Terry. Uh, you're in the market. You're selling, obviously, your line of products. You know there's a lot of competitors out there. And if you go, I'm sure you do visit retailers fairly often. And you go to that scent aisle, there might be a couple hundred different options of what's available out there. And then in addition to just choosing what scent you want to use, then there's literally, you know, maybe dozens of options on how you're going to distribute that scent. Do you want to use wicks? Do you want to use a drag line? Do you want to use an aerosol? They've got things to heat the scent up. Uh, so many, so many options, Terry. And, and I kind of feel like, you know, uh, the simpler that I can keep my deer hunting, the better, you know, find something that works and then stick with it. Um, so I'm just going to throw it out to you. Okay. Tell mm-hmm. me 
what uh, what you found works for you, you know, and, and uh, give some people some practical tips on how they can make an effective use of their their scent attractants during the rut this year. Yeah, there's a there's a so many different situations for for each hunter. Uh, let's face it, uh, where you hunt there in, in Pennsylvania is not nearly like where I hunt down here in Georgia in the swamp. Sure. Uh, you're in the you're in the mountains. I'm up. I'm, I'm in flat country. Lots of piney woods. Uh, it's thick, but th- th- you have to really look at at where you're hunting, and 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 try to decide the best way to disperse that scent, or or how you hunt. Uh, let, let's take a for instance. All right, you'd mentioned that there's there's a lot of options out there to different companies making different deer lures and and that is true there's a lot of small regional people out there that's that sells deer lure and and they're let's face it people when tinks wouldn't be in business for 40 over 40 years if if we didn't think and our product wasn't effective or good or because let's face it if a if a hunter buys something and it don't work man the the uh the old emails light up and Facebook lights up and everything. So we really have to concentrate on our quality mm-hmm. and, and making sure the hunter gets that same product year after year. Because let, let's face it, if, if it works for you, you want to come back and get it again, and you want it to work again. So, mm-hmm. and, and we really strive on that here at Tinks. But take Tink 69, for example. It's been around for over 40 years. That's prob- it is an prob- actual probably the most famous you know single uh lure mm-hmm. scent lure product ever developed and, and 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 it it's not just deer lure there's there it's a formula it's a formula that that has worked uh and we've never changed that that formula and there's there's only a few people here that really know what that formula is uh so it's it's not a bunch of hype it's not this it's, it, it's an actual formula that that attracts and I've noticed with Tink 69, it really attracts older, mature deer. And, and and I think the listeners need to sort of understand that. The the younger year and a half old bucks really don't know what the rut's about. Okay, mm-hmm. it's sort of like when you were younger. You know, you, you didn't. You're a kid, and that's the way these year and a half old deer are. They're learning. But when you start hitting that two and a half, three and a half year old deer, now they know what it's about. They're getting awful aggressive. And and Mother Nature has it where uh, you know these these bucks the, the the rut and let's face it, Christian. I mean that's the most exciting time of the year is when you start hearing them buck grunts, them chasing. You can hear them them deer running chasing does, and you say, "Here he comes!" You know you're, you you just get so pumped up. But uh, the older bucks just get so much aggressive, and and they know that rut is a short period, so they're really looking to breed a doe, get get off that doe, or find another doe, breed that doe, and move on. You know, because it's so short, mm-hmm. and and buck doe ratios have a lot to do with that. Uh, and and I, I guess we're just trying to educate your your listener out there a little more of what can happen. I mean, if if your buck doe ratio is way off, in other words, you've got way too many does, those bucks don't have to compete So for a doe. They can just go anywhere and get one. But that's why your grunt calls, your rattling, your scent, it just doesn't work nearly as well because that ratio is off. Mm-hmm. And 
and that's why Texas, when you, you, everybody thinks of Texas as rattling deer, that's because that buck-doe ratio is more imbalanced. One buck, two does, maybe one doe, two bucks. So when you rattle, it's just so much more effective, sense more effective. Your grunt calls are more effective. So the, the hunter really has to evaluate their, their area and, and go from there. Gotcha. Well, what, uh, you know, so what's, what are some general guidelines? I mean, again, you know, you even talk, you know, we'll stay on the topic of Tink 69 because that's, you know, again, that's probably your best known product and it's, it's a dynamite rut lure. Even with that, now you offer that in a variety of formulations. You've got, you know, the standard classic, you know, glass bottle of that, which you can use with wicks uh, or drags. You've got, I know you've got some new products that's got like a pressurized bag and can, which sort of a mm-hmm. you know, to put out a mist. Uh, you've got um, you've got like your little scent bombs that you guys make too. What have you found, Terry, in all the hunting that you do? I'm sure that you've experimented with pretty much every way to distribute the scent that you can. You know everything from mm-hmm. dragging it into a stand to hanging you know, at, at certain, you know, distance around your stand to using the aerosols or maybe using a combination of all of that. Give me a couple of the different scent setups that you like to use and that you've found to be effective and how guys can go about doing it too. Okay. It, it, I, probably the, the, the most common would be if, if you're hunting in, in the hardwoods or some type of big woods in a, in a tree stand. An, an elevated stand. What, what I like to do is take our, our tink scent bombs, and I like to place, now, again, it, it, it depends on whether you're gun hunting or deer hunting, uh, or oh, gun hunting bow or hunting. bow hunting. Yeah. Bow hunting, I'm sorry. You know, if, if I'm bow hunting, I want to place at least three scent bombs around my stand. In the same way with gun hunting, but they can be farther away. If I'm bow hunting, I want those to be closer. I want them to be in my comfort range as, as far as a bow shot. And, and what that does for you, it does a couple things. If, if you're bow hunting, you've got three scent bombs out there. And I don't, when I say put three out, you can put four. But you need to put more than one. Because what happens every morning and every evening is there's thermals. The wind changes. You know, as that sun goes down... It's going to start sucking that, that your wind down. When it heats up, it's going to start to rise. And, and the winds could shift a little bit. But what that does, when you've got three or more out there, if that wind switches a little bit, you're still getting the scent covered in the air, mm-hmm. you know, the, the downwind side. And it also helps cover, cover your human scent, too. Just for people who might not realize what you, we talk about the scent bombs, just tell people what a tank scent bomb is for people who might not be familiar with that product. Yeah, yeah the scent bombs, uh, years ago, before everything went digital, everybody used to use the old 35-millimeter film canisters with cotton in them. Mm-hmm. And they were great. You could, you could uh, put cotton in them, put some deer lure in it, and it sealed up good, and you put those out, and when you're done hunting, you go get them, and, and you could use them on your next hunt. Well, we developed a product called Tink Scent Bomb that has a wick inside it, and it has a wire. It has a wire with a piece of very absorbent cloth that you can open and close. The lid stays attached. They're orange. They have a reflective strip on them, so if you get out of your stand late in the evening, you can shine a flashlight and see where you put it to pick it up. 
but it's just a real convenient way. You can set them on a stump or you can hang it up uh, on a limb. And speaking of that, I, I like to get them elevated a little bit just to get that little more air to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and that's the pink scent bomb. It's really it's a convenience for the hunter. It's also economical that they can reuse. They can reuse it uh, hunt after hunt, just freshen them back up with a little more scent in them. So it's yeah, and uh, it keeps it keeps you from getting deer pee on your fingers so it's really it's a no mess thing because you can like you said what you can do is before you even go out you can you can put some scent in there and um close them up and then when you get out in the woods the you you don't even have to mess around with your bottle of of scent you know you can just like you say you open them up and it's got the little hanger on there and you can stick that right over a little limb or something like that and you're ready to go Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, and with with the scent bombs even it, it like if in that deer scenario, in the big woods scenario, if you're hunting a deer trail, which a, a lot of hunters do, the the other thing I like to do is place one on the ground, or, or I'll drip deer lure back and forth across that trail where I want that deer to stop. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm not I'm not using deer lure here to lure the deer. I'm using it to stop the deer to get a good shot, mm-hmm. because you know if a buck a buck falling a doe, she's going to go by first. And then here comes that buck, and to get him to stop, you got to do something. You know, you hear guy, hear hunters talking about whistling or making a noise to get him to stop. Well, you can put that deer lure across that trail, and he's going to smell it. He's going to stop, mm-hmm. and that that gives gives you chance to get a good shot. Maybe judge the deer. Do you want to shoot it? Do you want to let it go? Or, or uh, you may get caught with your bow hanging up and give you a chance to get your bow, but. And, and the reason why you put it on the ground there is because his nose goes in the ground, mm-hmm. and he, he's not looking up. So you get away with a lot more movement. Sure, sure. And and yeah, I mean we've all had seen bucks, you know, bird dogging like that, and they kind of walk when they're on a doe or on the scent mm-hmm. of a doe. You know, they're walking with their nose kind of towards the ground anyway, following yeah, the scent. The other thing with that scenario, and you can you can use. Our, our new product is the Tinks Hot Shot. It's it's not an aerosol. It, it's it's a bag in can system where the lure is is 100% inside a bag inside that can, and it's surrounded with compressed air. So when you disperse it, you're getting 100% pure lure. It's not contaminated with a propellant like in a paint can or some of the bomb products. You know, it's it's actually. It's it's separated, so you're getting 100% pure Tink 69, three ounces of it in there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that product, what I like to do with it is keep it handy in the stand. And you can do this in a ground blind. You can do it, uh, you know, from a tree stand. Just it just works so good any direction, but or any any style you're hunting. But from the stand, if I see deer going downwind on me. In other words, I know they're going to hit my scent stream, mm-hmm. and and I've done all I've done all my homework as far as odor elimination with the B Tech, and my clothes are clean, and I got scent lock on or, or whatever. I start spraying that, and that mist is so fine it just floats down through the air, and I've seen it work several times. Those deer hit your scent stream, they stop, they lock up, they looking looking, and what you're trying to do that they may get you, they may get you. But they might not get you as bad as that old doe standing down there blowing 50 times, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times she'll lock up. She'll look around, okay, there's something here, something's not quite right. 
you're confusing them. And they say, okay, I'm going to just move on out of here slow. And a lot of times that buck will be behind her. Rather than blow out of there, she just eases out of there. Or if it's a buck going down into your scent stream and you start misting that, then he smells it. Chances are he could come and come towards you. Mm-hmm. Or he stops. You get a good chance to, to judge the deer. Gives you a good shot. Do you want to take him or don't you? You know, and just it's just worked so well over the last few years. Um, and, and it used to be uh, taboo. You know, some of the some of the older hunters would tell you ne- you you never want to disperse deer lure from your stand. Don't hang it up there. Deer come in and look up and do that. You know what? That that's that's old school. There. I mean, anytime you can get that deer to walk through your scent stream, you've done something pretty good. What about, uh, you know, you talked about putting the bombs around your stand location. What about laying down scent, scent trails with a, with a drag or on your boots or anything? Is that something that you do uh, often, Terry? Yeah, I mean, down here in the south, it's pretty thick, and we don't have the big open hardwoods in my area that, that you all do up there. So you hunt, you hunt a lot of power lines. You hunt a lot of old roadbeds, um, especially gun hunting where you can see a little ways, and what I like to do is take a boot pad or a drag rags uh, soaked with Pink 69, and where I want those deer, I'll drag it right down through the middle of that of that roadway or that old roadbed. And what that does is, if that deer comes out to cross that roadbed or that power line, he's going to smell it right in the middle, so he stops. Mm-hmm. Rather, than, rather than him just bolting across, okay, here I go, I'm... Yeah, they get across here so quick. But if he's if he's out checking those and stuff, and he goes across that that uh, that line, there that old roadbed, he smells that lure and he stops. So you, you got you got possibly a shot opportunity there. Gotcha. gotcha. And the sa- same same way in with with your woods up there and anywhere really with with uh, drag rags. You know if you, if these deer, when these bucks start to really chase them, and and they're they know where the the uh, the mother group or the family groups of those are. I mean, they they, they live in the woods. They they let's let's face it, they know where the convenience stores are. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just like we do. And 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 and, and hunters should really think like deer. Deer are a lot like people. I mean, they eat, they sleep. They got in the same routines, and 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 you're trying to figure that out. But these bucks, when they start cruising, they start cutting cross country. They're taking sometimes not the easiest path, but they're they're trying to cut that. There's ridges. They're cutting those hollows. They're cutting those stream beds, and and they're covering a lot of country. Well, if you got a long walk into your deer stand, or what your hunting location, and you know you're going through good deer country, drag that rag. I mean, you don't have nothing to lose. Just drag it. A lot of times that buck, when he's cutting across country, he'll cut that trail. And if he's close enough, he's going to hit that trail and follow it to your stand. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a, just an excellent way because, I mean, you, you can be 100 yards from a deer and not know it. And, and if he cuts that trail, boom, he's, he's, he's there. I mean, with in no time. Sure, absolutely. Now, <clears throat> Tink 69 is... It is an estrus uh, scent, and like you said, it has other ingredients, right? So it's it's mm-hmm, a formula. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of other, um, 
you know, specifically estrus products does Tinks offer? Do you guys have several different estrus products that would be, you know, of use during the, the rut period? Well, we have, of course, the Tink 69. We have it in the in the new hot shot now, that same formula. We have it in a gel application, which gels are good for uh, if you want to put some on an overhanging branch or in a scrape, um, something like that. Uh, we do have another estrus product uh, called Super Lure, which is just a straight uh, dough estrus, but it, it's... Uh, some of these, some of these farmers, deer farmers, you, you can really, and this is going to sound crazy, but you can really adjust how that deer urine smells by their diet, mm. and and feeding them different different, uh, you know, it's all quality food, or you know, for them, but they, they can make that urine stronger or weaker depending on their on their diets. Mm. Just just like us, if we eat a bunch of meat, you know, you're you got stronger urine. So it's the same way with deer. Exact same way with deer, but think think six six sixty nine is by far the like like you were saying earlier. It's the it's the go to when the rut hits. I mean that's the that's when everybody's taking their vacations and school shut down and you know the, everybody takes off work. Right now, what about um, you know some of the lesser known um, options as well? I know. Obviously, the estrus is what everybody is aware of, and and you know chances are uh, the hunters who are out there that use scent, you know, even if they don't use it, maybe at any other time during the season during the rut, you know, guys are getting that estrus type lure, so they're going to be picking up that you know tink sixty nine. What about things like um, like tarsal gland scents or you know. Uh, buck oriented sense mm-hmm. or uh you know things like that do, does tinks offer some of those things and if you do talk to me a little bit about how those products might kind of work in tandem with some of the the strategies that you're using with your tink 69 yeah that's that's a good point there christian i mean uh, uh, hunters need to think of the rut as, and, and by the way, some of the biologists at the University of Georgia describe the rut as, and we always think of it as a two to three week period, but they describe the rut as from the day that deer sheds its velvet, he's capable of breeding. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they're saying that is the actual start of the rut. Now, it's a slower, it's not the intense thing that we all wait for, but once that deer sheds his velvet, he's capable of breeding, and, and he's starting, his, his whole body's changing. So, and each deer, just think of it, of these deer as each of us, individuals, or if you have pets. Each pet is different. Each kid is different. They've got their own different personalities. they got... They've got their own little special quirks, or and with deer, especially with 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 uh, say 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 the buck, you have some buck that's really aggressive, and his his rut's gonna uh, it's gonna peak a lot earlier, and you have some bucks that are really subordinate that they don't like to fight, they don't like the confrontation, but they're still there, you know, so. And and really, what you're looking for from a hunter standpoint is that aggressive, that dominant buck, because he gets crazy. He he just lets his guard down a little more. 
And by using products like Tink's Trophy Buck Urine or our tarsal gland, when that buck smells another buck in his area, now they're not territorial. Deer are not territorial, but they, they, they have a, uh, a dominant status. In other words, this real crazy mean buck, and he may not be the oldest, but he's going to do the majority of breeding right there. And when he's confronted with another buck, he wants him to know that he is the dominant buck. And that's where you use trophy buck urine. You know, you're just trying to get him to, to screw up and, 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 and really come, come, out of the, come out of the dark, so to speak, you know. Mm-hmm. When, when he smells that, man, he just, it just sets him on fire. He's, it's like uh, I know old Ben Lee used to explain it as uh, smelling somebody else's perfume in your, in your bedroom, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's their cologne. And so, 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 it, it, so tell, me, tell me how you'll... Tell me how you like to to use those types of products. Where do you place them? How do you disperse them? Um, you know, just practically speaking, on those. Yeah, the, those like with the, any buck urine product. Anytime you're grunting, rattling, uh, if you're around scrapes or, or if you make your mock scrapes, those are excellent ways to disperse that lure from from your tree stand. We have it in the hot, hot shot. You can disperse it from your tree stand. You can spray it in a scrape. Um, you know, you can use the scent bombs. You can put a combination of lures out there, you know, from, from your doe esters and, and your your trophy buck. Because what you're really trying to do is confirm that sense, you know, that sense of smell. Mm-hmm. And, you mentioned scrapes, and that was that was the next thing I wanted to talk about because I know that you guys have um, – a dynamite product for creating mock scrapes as well as freshening, you know, uh, existing mm-hmm. scrapes in your hunting area. And the timing of this is really good because, again, as I said, you know, as we're doing this interview, we're just here coming into the middle of October. And I've been thinking, um, you know, even like maybe this weekend here is a time for, for me to maybe get out and and start up some mock scrapes talk to me about your your mock scrape product terry and how you know how at what point in the season will you really start to fire those up and and how do you see the activity kind of running as it leads up to the rut and and how do you kind of choose your locations for those and hunt those locations well, the product is our, is our Tink's Power Scrape, and it's it's 100% synthetic. There's no urine in it uh, at all. We worked with a gentleman out of Ohio on it, and uh, of course, Ohio, Ohio has some big mature whitetails. And uh, Power Scrape doesn't have a real strong smell to it, but and and what it was, Christian, we've seen the need for when trail cameras started to get so big, and and. And to get deer in front of them, you know, and scrapes are, have always fascinated me. I mean, uh, by the term, by the, the, the biologists, they call them signpost markings. It's a visual for a deer. And, and so this, this product, uh, you can use it in actual scrapes or mock scrapes, make your own. And what's neat about it is you can put a camera there, and we actually have hunters starting using power scrape and making mock scrapes right after the 4th of July. When these deer start to get some antlers to them, you know, in velvet, 
And what they're doing is, is they're getting those deer conditioned to come to that, that meeting place. Mm-hmm. And they're getting, to, they're getting to look at these deer, especially for, for hunters that's trying to manage their property for, for older, mature deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get to look at the racks and, and they, they, or the antlers, and they see them, okay, he's on the hit list, we're saving him a year. Or if you're just the everyday Joe out there, hey, I want to see what's on my property, you know. And if if I get a picture of a decent little eight point, I'm happy, you know. So, but it's it, for the hunter with the trail cameras, it gives you some. Uh, it's just fun to do, you know. You can't wait to get out there and check the cameras and see what you got on them, uh, seeing about the activity around the scrapes and, uh, but just just an awesome product for. And, and it works right up through to the rut because everybody knows once that rut hits, the scrapes pretty much close up. Mm-hmm. But, but with power scrape, it, 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 power scrape keeps them, that buck coming back to the area. And what you're trying to do is once that rut hits or that pre-rut and that deer comes back through that area and he knows that scrape's there, chances are he's going to go check it. Mm-hmm. He's going to go look at it. So if you're in the area the bucks in the area you have a decent chance of getting a look at him yeah i'll tell you what the other thing that popped into my head as you were explaining all that terry is you know some places where baiting is legal um guys can use you know corn or other food-based attractants throughout the whole season to keep tabs on deer but if you have a state like pennsylvania where you have to where baiting is not legal and you have to stop feeding deer uh, 30 days prior to the start of the season, uh, all of a sudden you've got to come up with a different strategy. As a matter of fact, that's a situation I'm in right now. Um, you know, I used, uh, you know, mineral sites throughout the summer to take pictures of, of deer. But, of course, again, you know, you can't use any of that from 30 days before the season. So uh, what I'm getting now that I'm into the season is I'm getting, you know, fewer photos of deer and some of the better bucks that I photographed throughout the summer. Now I'm not seeing, and, um, I, I know that all those bucks haven't left the area. Well, here's an option, right? With the power, the power scrape is that's a way for, uh, people in a situation like mine where I can't put a pile of corn out in the woods. I could go make a series of mock scrapes throughout the, uh, hunting area that I have there, put a couple cameras up, and that may be a real good way to relocate some of these bucks and get an idea of you know what their movement patterns are here into the season, and then maybe uh, you know fine tune my my stand locations or you know where and when I want to try and hunt those deer. Mm-hmm. And, and you know scrapes uh, scrapes are fairly easy mock scrapes fairly easy to make. I mean, you, you certainly have to watch your human scent around them. Uh, not try to wear rubber gloves, or if you handle anything, spray it down with a power scrape, cover up that, that human odor. But you, what's good about it, like, uh, if you're hunting, if you've got some agriculture there, some, still some standing corn or some alfalfa, or you can, you can make those mock scrapes around the edges of those fields, and you just need a good overhanging limb, you know, about, uh, I think if if a hunter messes up making a mock scrape, he makes the overhanging limb. It's too high. It's way too high. It needs to be about three and a half to four feet at max. And 
and and put your dripper there. You know, we have the Tink Scent dripper, uh, and it works just during daylight hours. It won't drip at night. It works in barometric barometric pressure, but that that leaves constant scent dripping that scrape. And the other thing with power scrape, when you get a little moisture on it, like with um, with dew in the morning or whatever, it sort of rejuvenates it. It, it just makes it a little stronger. And once those deer start hitting it, they just keep coming back. And same way with uh, if, if you're making a mock scrape in the, in the woods, you know, along a creek bottom, along deer trails, uh, old logging roads are great places. I mean, them deer travel them all the time. And uh, it's, it's just a, another neat way to, to really see what's around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um so what are we missing here, Terry? We talked about estrus. We talked about some of the buck scents. Uh, we talked about, you know, some of the different formulations, that, you know, from the straight liquid to the, the hot shots, the gels, the scent bombs. Uh, what, are, what have we missed when we're talking about rut hunting and the way that you'll use scent during this time? Uh, is there something else that I haven't asked you about that you really think that uh, hunters ought to be able to take advantage of? Well, I think the one thing we haven't talked about is food, and again, it's it's deer deer. Think of deer just like we do. I mean, you get off work, where you, you go home, you'd probably get in the refrigerator, don't you? Absolutely. You, you, you're after a snack, so I'm usually texting my wife before I leave the office. I want to know what's for <laughs> dinner, man. I'm hungry when I walk in the door. <laughs> deer, Christian deer are the same way. I mean, you, you get during the rut, these deer. Not so much the bucks, but the does, they're trying to pack. They're, number one, the, the does have yearlings. They're trying to pack, feed those yearlings, get ready for the winter. So they, they have to eat, they have to sleep. So it's, it's sort of, you know, you sort of have to plan your hunt around food. Uh, let, let's face it, if you're in the middle of the desert, there's no food there. There's not going to be anything there, mm-hmm. you know. But it, it's, so it's, it's, you just want to be around those does during the rut. I mean, that that's... If you find those, you're going to find bucks, you know, and the lures and stuff, they're another tool, just like your gun, your bow, your tree stand. When used right, they can definitely put the odds in your favor. Uh, and I think, you know, from from a company standpoint and with, with the emails now and the communication being so much easier than it was, you know, years ago, uh, I think if, if if a hunter messes up using scent, it's because they're not, and this is going to sound like a sales pitch, and it's not. They just don't have enough out there. And I mean, we have hunters that that'll use a bottle, a one ounce bottle. It, it might last them two years. We have other customers that that will use a bottle a hunt. You know, so it goes from one extreme to the other. That's why the scent bombs are good. You can reuse them. It's economical. Um, but you got to get enough out there for him to smell because when he's got his mind on that doe, I've I've seen him, and I'm sure you have too, when you literally yelled at him from the stand and couldn't get him to stop. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, so it's you're just trying to get something out there to get his – to, to get him to stop. And, yeah, I mean, you got a you got a big buck coming. I had one in Illinois a few years ago that comes to mind right when you say that. I mean, it was funny because it had it was kind of slow that morning, and uh, 
I was thinking, man, I, I just can't believe I'm not seeing any deer because it was it was prime rut and it was a nice cold frosty morning and here I was I had my video camera set up and um, all of a sudden I looked behind me and there there's a little like hill behind me and up over the top of the hill comes this doe and then about 50 yards behind this doe is this little young like one and a half year old buck and he's chasing this doe and i flipped my camera on and i was like oh here's a here's a little buck chasing a doe isn't that neat you know i'm gonna shoot some video of this and just enjoy the show and as i'm getting my video camera on these deer and they're walking under my tree here i don't even notice that up over the rise behind this little buck comes this giant like 160 some inch 10 pointer mm. and he got up to the top of that hill and stood there for a second and saw this little buck on this doe's butt, you know, and as they were going past me and he just decided, man, I'm going to, you know, go get on her and get him off of her. And I mean, he literally, he walked literally right between under my tree, but you know, like you said, by the time I grabbed my bow, got drawn and he's about under my tree. And yeah, like you said, you can't stop those things. I mean, you're man, man, man. Hey, he just yeah, won't stop, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then before yeah. you know it, he's 50 yards past you standing in the brush, and you, you can't hardly believe that you had a deer to come that close and you never got a shot, you know? Well, it, it, that makes a good point, too. I think and it, there may be some hunters out there who disagree with this, but I think if you're a bow hunter, most bow hunters will tell you they like to hunt the pre-rut. They like to hunt when the scrapes are still going. Those bucks are just now starting to... To, to they're still in a pattern, but they're still they're getting into that rut stage. But a gun hunter, he likes to hunt the rut because when they start running across fields or you you know on a ridge or, or whatever, you, you just got a, a lot better chance. But as a bow hunter, when you're hunting that that dead rut, it's hard to get them deer to stop. Oh, and it is. just from your experience there, oh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I can think of I think of another morning. I had another nice buck. This was here in Pennsylvania. He chased a doe around the woodlot that I was hunting in, Terry. He must have, she and he, must have come within 30 yards of my tree eight times that morning. Almost every time at a dead sprint. And I mean, you'd hear him coming from 200 yards away. It was so exciting. You know, you'd stand up, you'd grab your bow, you'd shift into position, you'd be ready. And man, they'd go by like it was two Formula One cars. And then ten, <laughs> 10 minutes later, it'd be the same thing all over again. And I mean, like you said, I mean, for excitement, you can't beat it. But I never did get a shot at that deer. <laughs> No, and it's it's frustrating. I mean, you, you've done everything, and it's there, and you, you're looking at it, and it's like, oh no, this ain't going to work, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. They get they get uh, in their own little world, don't they? Mm-hmm. Sure do. Well, uh, you know what else we didn't really talk about, and uh, I'd like to touch on it a little bit because I think it's a, an important part of the whole. Uh, scent lure discussion you, you mentioned it several times about controlling your human odor but obviously um, you know it doesn't matter how much of this pink scent we've got out there if if the deer are really sensing our human presence as well and and I know that obviously tinks made its name in the in the attractant side of the business but you guys have a line of scent elimination products that 
I have used and and I think are really quite good, which is your BTEC line. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of of scent control, you know, in tandem with the with the attractant sense and and uh, what kind of a regimen you go through, Terry, to to try and keep the element of uh, concealment in your favor. Yeah, it's it's you know I think any any whitetail hunter will tell you number one thing's the wind. I mean if you got to have that wind right, and and especially for stands, and that's where hunters can, if they got lock on stands, if they got permanent stands, know when to hunt it when that wind's right. Know when them deer coming from or where they're going to, and just don't don't mess up the stand. But then there's days when wind changes, and and you don't you you can't control it. But with with products like VTech, it has biotrol technology, which. It's something we didn't come up with out here in the plant wearing a bunch of lab coats. I mean, this product was developed in Europe. It, it was developed for the food and medical industry. There is a lot of science and technology behind it, and uh, Biotrol has their own website. So, you know, they, they, anybody can go out there and look and see what it is. And it's a very effective product, but I think hunters should also know, too, that nothing made today will totally eliminate your human odor. There's just nothing out there. But you can greatly reduce that odor, and and your whole your whole idea of this, or or your your goal to reduce that human odor is if that deer gets downwind of your scent stream, it don't slap him in the face. He just gets a nudge of it. You know, he just gets a tad smell of it. Okay, he's here. I know he's here, but he's farther away, so I'm okay. But mm-hmm. rather than it's uh, you understand what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. And and that's where you know you wash your clothes in unscented soaps, and you really try. I pay a lot of potent, uh, a lot of I, I I pay a lot of attention to my skin, my bare skin. And the reason why I say that, I got a good friend in Florida that works for the Department of Corrections, and he has he he trains dogs and runs convicts, and I've been down turkey hunting with him several times. He's a great bow hunter, and and I get talking to him about how these dogs track, and they actually track by dead skin cells. If if you ever seen a dog or a, a, like a, a coon dog or something, but he's running with his nose in the air, sort of scent check in the air, mm-hmm. that's that's what he's doing. He's he's picking up skin cells, and and for us, our bodies, we give off thousands constantly, and they stick to everything, but I really pay strict attention to my skin, my face, the back of my neck, my hair. Uh, your hair is naturally oily, so you should try to wear some type of uh, a scent lock hood or a, a, a solid hat or a scent blocker type clothing, you know, uh, just anything to help to, to reduce it. And uh, it, it just it seems to help a lot. I know... And this is going to sound crazy too, but if I get deer in close, I mean real close under my stand, I try to breathe through my nose and not out my mouth because you got so much more odor coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of little things that, I mean, and the, I, I guess the other thing, you know, for your listeners out there, you know, take it, take it as far as you want to take it, but make it be fun. Don't let it be a pain, you know, or man, here we go again, this is a drag, I don't want to do it. If it gets to that point, 
you need to stop and really look at what you're doing because if you're not having fun out there and that's what hunting hunting's a lot of fun it's a lot of uh, companionship you know and hunting camps and you know you're meeting new people and and it's just a fun fun way to to spend some of your time and if it's not fun then don't do it and it's the same way at deer lure odor elimination anything you're doing out there just make it fun you know absolutely well <clears throat> i'll tell you what's fun is uh is seeing deer you know seeing deer is more fun than not seeing deer terry so that means if i can control my odor a little bit more if i can uh put some uh deer sense that might bring you know those deer that are just out of my eyesight in a little closer so i can get a peek at them those are two things that are worth doing and uh certainly will make things more fun if i'm more successful so i think you offered a lot of good tips today and i'm definitely going to be you know firing up some of my tanks products here in the next um, over the course of the next month and and uh hopefully like you said uh there's no there's no magic bullet right there's nothing to eliminate 100 percent of your 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 odor there's nothing uh you know you, you can't put out a deer lure and, and be guaranteed of having a, a deer but but come in but like you said every every you know there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle in deer hunting and the rut is uh it's an exciting time because there's there's a few more pieces that we can employ in our favor you know um things that we can do at this time of the year that just uh you know just don't work any other time and we we can deploy you know all those tactical advantages that we have and hopefully get get an opportunity of that buck that we've been dreaming about for the last 11 months yeah and it's it's sort of like from a hunting from from my part of from a hunter part of part of the fun is trying to figure out the deer trying to figure out okay how do i fool him my goal is to fool him I want to shoot him, you know, and and that that's to me that's part of the hunt is the the most fun part of the hunt is trying to figure out where are they at, where are they eating on, where are they sleeping, what can I use to to get him here or get her here, and and just figure it out. I mean, you're out there with the elements, you don't have anybody busting with you, you know, or calling you, or just it's just a different you're in a different zone, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I always say, Terry, is that bow hunting really, to me, is not about the destination. It's about the journey, you know, and, and, and the journey is that whole pursuit and the learning and the figuring out and the, the, the hunt, the being out there and everything that leads up to that culmination of the moment of opportunity. And, uh, you know, I know you're getting ready to go on a journey. You, I know you're going to South Dakota and then I think you're going to the Midwest somewhere and then, then I think you're going up to Canada. So I hope that the journey, this rut, 2013 treats you very well terry and i will be eager to see some uh correspondence in my inbox from you with maybe uh terry rom and a couple of slammer bucks and his tink 69 and uh uh i want you to make sure to let me know how you how you make out on those hunts well i got i got one little story here and and i just come I've, i went to kentucky this year and hunted with a friend and, and uh, that I met in Canada over the last few years, and he kept telling me about it. He showed me pictures of these bucks and stuff, and he's been managing his place, you know. But he's hunting out of ground blinds, and I've never really hunted much out of a ground blind. So he invited me up to video, and he said, "Hey, look, I'm I'm looking for three deer. 
if if uh, I don't see any of them and you want to shoot one and he's an old mature deer, you can shoot him, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I go to Kentucky. Uh, we're in a ground blind. We got deer, Christian, in front of us at 25 yards, 20 yards, just feeding on, on uh, uh, some uh, sorghum there. He had planted some stuff that others planted. It was awesome. And, and I got to video him shooting a 150-inch-plus nine-point that it was super wide, 21 inches wide, but that deer came in to 20 yards. And it was just amazing to me. Stucky's nose, Stucky's nose on a scent bomb that had tink salad dressing in it. Mm. And, and he, he, you know, it just took his mind off of it. But anyhow, I, I guess what I'm getting at is that that was a great, I didn't shoot nothing that hunt, but it was just such a fun hunt. I went back should have shot a deer the first evening we were there and you'll never believe what scared this buck uh, it's it's probably probably my first experience at something scaring this deer i mean we're going to shoot him he's a he's a, a nine point he's an old deer. he's probably four and a half years old he comes out too close to us almost i mean he's standing in front of us and of all things a squirrel got barking mm. at something and we're in a ground blind we can't see what the squirrel's barking at but it had to be a coyote, a fox, or something. And that deer got so spooked from that squirrel barking, guess what he done? Turned and ran. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking, I just, and that was my hunt. I mean, it, it just went downhill from there. But it was such a fun experience to watch those deer so close and and to video them. And, but of all things, a squirrel to screw you up, you know. So, well, I don't, think that's, I don't think that's unusual. I mean, it was fun. <laughs> squirrel. squirrel. Squirrels drive me nuts here in Pennsylvania. We got a lot of them in the, in the, uh, you know, the hardwood, the rolling hardwoods here. And yeah, you'll be, you'll be sitting having them running all around you, and all of a sudden one of them will just see you move a little bit and decide that something's not quite right. They can get to chattering so bad. It's, it's about all you can do to keep from emptying your quiver at them. Sometimes, man. <laughs> Oh, well, that's why there's a long squirrel season. Sometimes I think I'm better off just going out with the shotgun one morning and, a, and uh, reducing the squirrel population around some of these stands, but I never do. But uh, Well, if you did, you know what you'd see. You'd yeah, see a exactly. big buck. <laughs> that's why I don't do it. That's why I don't yep. do it, Terry. Murphy's Law. Hey, listen, man, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate uh, all you guys do at Tinks. You definitely put out... As you said at the beginning of the show, you put out some time-tested products and, and you built a loyal uh, customer base uh, because of that, because people uh, believe in your stuff because they've had success and, and they come back to it. So I wish you guys uh, continued success at Tinks. I, I wish you, again, a very successful hunting season. And, uh, uh, just keep in touch and let me know how you make out. Okay, buddy? I'll do it. And just uh, for all them listeners out there, just be safe in those trees and wear those safety harnesses. That's a great point. That's an absolutely yep. great point. Hey, thanks, Terry. You have a great day. And, uh, Bye, good, Christian. Good luck to you. Bye-bye. Bye, buddy. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's new ultra-micro-diameter injection arrows. For more information, pick up a copy of Peterson's Bowhunting Magazine on newsstands now.